Happy New Year, people. Happy New Year. (laughs) (laughs) As of the time of this recording, it's December 31st, 2020. By the time you hear this, it will likely be the new year. Um, Let's just hope. Let's just pray. Let's just uh, intend and make sure that this next year... They're not going to take more from us or rob more from us. But I guess we really can't make sure of that, right? All we can do is prepare. Um, Shedding of the old. Shedding of the old is going to be the theme. And, uh, yeah. At least in my life, personally, it's, uh, it's time to start stripping things away. And living leaner and living simpler. And I have been for a long time. But we have as human beings an attachment disorder disorders um you know humans i don't know if this is how they trained us like the little monkeys that we are humans we like our things we like our our comforts we like what we're told uh we need to function in day-to-day society but really when you strip it all at least in my personal experience 80 percent of the things that I have is things, you know, shit, shit you accumulate, things that are just here. 80%, I would say, just taking a quick look around, I don't even use. So, I think it's better for people to recognize that 80% or 60% or 50% or 70% of things that they don't use and, uh, Start stripping them away because it will be, it's like pruning a tree, I guess, right? You know, it's like after a while, you gotta prune those dead branches because ultimately it helps the core plant to become stronger. The plant puts too much energy into those broken and bruised and damaged branches. Well, then, you know what? It's not gonna have much energy for growing taller. Or pushing the roots down further. I don't know. That was just my analogy for things. But uh, sometimes... And I, and I think 2021 is, is going to be a year of pruning. I think a lot of things. A lot of deadness. Uh, dead branches, so to speak. Within our society. Within ourselves. Within our humanity. Are going to start to be stripped away. And we're going to be standing in front of the mirrors naked. Really just staring at ourselves wondering what it is we are and who we are and what we're left with and that's basically what trauma based mind control does it it strips people down and it uh, brings them to a level of uh you know you're either it's it's you're gonna make or break (laughs) when everybody gets reduced to the same level of ashes and rubble uh, it's, it's, like you say, a level playing game, a level playing field. Not many people, you know, not many people are going to be strong. Who's going to be strong enough to withstand that? Who's going to be strong enough to hold that 20% and say, this is, this is what it is. This is, this is what I'm made of. The rest is a construct that was given to me. It's like going through a junkyard and picking bits and pieces of discarded items 
and metals, mirrors and spokes, and somehow just putting together your own monstrosity of a vehicle by just taking bits and pieces. And that's basically what we are. They just give us bits and pieces from this junkyard of a world, of a society. And we're expected to take all those bits and pieces and put them together and come out with some fancy ass fucking sports car of a life. Or at least that's what they tell us. But really, what we're doing is we're riding around in huge jalopies. Okay, so enough of that intro. I don't know. I just kind of went off the, the cuff with that. But the intention of this message today is to read this particular article. Good evening, everybody. Good day. Good afternoon. Hopefully, again, we will remain focused in the coming year and uh, strive to strengthen ourselves and each other and uh, cut out that 80%. That 80% of attachment could also be people, not just items, but just uh, uh, society in general uh, in the form of noise. We're going to have to strip that away in order to get to the core of ourselves and to be able to really determine what is real and what it's what is a false reality that they have been dictating to us. So give me one second. How social engineers use weaponized psychology to push unproven vaccines. Uh, this was published in Zero Hedge, December 30th, 2020. It is written by Ben Barty via the Daily Bell. In the coming months, a warp speed, unprecedentedly rushed COVID-19 vaccine will likely be approved and subsequently introduced to the market. Where, whereas most vaccines take 10 or more years to develop at minimum, a necessary precaution to screen for adverse reactions in human test subjects who receive them, the COVID-19 vaccines currently in development across the globe will likely make it to market less than a year from the starting time. So this uh, Zero Hedge will publish articles that are, uh, you know, written uh, a few weeks prior. So he's talking about in the coming months. So this, this could have been an old article, I'm not sure, uh, when it was originally published via the Daily Bell. The people who will be harmed by the COVID-19 vaccine once it is introduced to the public as inevitable. That the people will be harmed. Fuck. I apologize. I just had a little distraction. Um, let's see. Nope. Go back. Really? Yeah, I knew you were going to do this. You're all in my face now. Get out of my face. The monkey wrench in the pharmaceutical machinery, though, may prove to be widespread and rightful skepticism on the part of public re regarding the safety and or efficacy of the eventual vaccine. I, I skipped that whole paragraph. I apologize. That people will be harmed by the COVID-19 vaccine once it is introduced to the public is an inevitable. All vaccines which rejigger the immune system to produce antibodies against the targeted pathogen can cause adverse reactions in a small percentage of the populations that receive them, even the safest, most thoroughly vetted ones. This scientific psychological reality is not disputed even by vaccine advocates. In fact, in the last 30 years, the U.S. government, using taxpayer money, has compensated victims of, it, of adverse reactions to vaccines to the tune of 44 billion. The COVID-19 vaccine will be no exception in terms of the damage it will inflict. In fact, because of the rushed nature of the vetting process and the proposed population-wide vaccination regimen, it will likely be far more destructive than previous vaccines in terms of scale. Despite the serious health risks assumed 
by taking a vaccine pushed so rapidly through the vetting process, some Americans will undoubtedly roll up their sleeves. Others, though, will not. And I am of the other category. In fact, the number of Americans who hesitate to commit to taking the vaccine has been steadily rising since the novel coronavirus outbreak began. Congratulations, people. In a recent Gallup poll on Americans' willingness to submit to a COVID-19 vaccine, a mere half of the respondents said that they would be willing to receive the vaccine once it becomes available. This hesitancy on the part of the American public poses a potentially unforeseen dilemma for the pharmaceutical firms and their cronies in government, which have spent billions developing these vaccines at breakneck speed. How best to prod, cajole, shame, or otherwise manipulate the American citizenry into accepting the vaccine once it has achieved FDA approval. Well, they, well, they started a National Institutes of Health study months ago. I have that one of my earliest podcasts. Uh, what is it? It's a viable opposition um, read on that podcast. Something messaging the vaccine. You go back to that uh, messaging the vaccine. Uh, sometimes during the summer, I recorded that. And the National Institutes of Health is like, they're fucking, they got like 12, 12 messages. They got 12 separate distinct messages. All of them are just trying to hit people's emotions and different types of, uh, basically, you know, again, coercion, manipulation to get the public to be willing to take this experimental vaccine and 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 it, and it's a government funded study of all things and it's it's continuing it's ongoing they just started that shit so and 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 you see it you see it and you hear it if you turn on the television if you uh you see the posters uh, uh, uh you know on the street and advertisements everywhere you go you listen to the radio and it's it's out there it's out there ready they have deployed they have uh, started this study and uh, it's in it's in plain view in my sight the different types of messages you know they're gonna tell people hey you know what you want to be brave like the healthcare workers and frontline workers that's one message uh, you don't want to feel guilty about passing COVID on to others that's another message uh, you, you, you don't want to be angry with yourself for killing grandma that's another message so there's all different methods of emotional manip- manipulation uh, that the government okay. <laughs> You're all fucking friends. You know, I hope people understand, people who listen to me understand that the theme will always be the same. Your government doesn't fucking love you. Your government hates you. The powers that be hate you. The media hates you. They hate us. They hate us. And uh, people need to wake up. They think that these, these powers are telling them the truth. They're not fucking telling you the truth. They are lying to you. It every opportunity even tucker carlson's lying to you like the q army they've got real quiet because trump has you know trump has nothing left right we we got a new president around the corner i don't know what's gonna happen but they're real quiet and they don't understand that even even these underground movements yeah guess what they're lying to you too there's nobody on the inside who's on our side uh a, a, a few not say fringe politicians. There are a few really good, outspoken politicians, but they're such in the minority. Ron Paul being an example. They're such in the minority. You know what? All they can do is just use their platform to speak. Nobody's listening, though. Nobody's listening. Uh, all right, so let's just read that again. This is a very long paragraph. 
So how best to prod, cajole, shame, or otherwise manipulate the American citizenry into accepting the vaccine once it has achieved FDA approval, right? That's the question. How are we going to get these fucking stupid people to take this stuff? We can already see several strategies at work in this regard. The PR campaign to promote COVID-19 vaccination is now approaching climax. Humans are hardwired to seek inclusion in social groups. In earlier epochs, our survival depended, obviously, and heavily on the social groups to which we belonged. Yeah, that's that's being broken down. Social groups? There's no social group. Physically, social groups? That's being eradicated by the government. Uh, they want everybody to socialize online, so that's the best way they can keep an eye on your stupid asses. Your stupid asses, our stupid asses, right? Um, so, social engineers know and understand the basic desire for social inclusion and use it as a tool. Absolutely, absolutely a tool for manipulation. And social engineers did not start with the internet. The social engineers, they, they, they're in the fucking school curriculums. They're up the politicians' asses. They're on the radio. They're on TV. Those are social engineers. It's not just social media uh, via the internet. This has been going on for decades. So, although the material reality of life has changed dramatically for humans since the dawn of civilization, the social imperatives carved deep into our innate psychology have remained. And we all have, like, I went backwards, we all have the basic desire uh, for social inclusion. Most of us. Humans intuit the in-group, out-group dynamic. We are sensitive to lines drawn between insiders and outsiders. Yep, that's a weakness. Whether consciously or subconsciously, modify our behavior to fit the mold of the inside group. A lot of people do that. Um, I don't try to fit the mold personally. I, I've always been that rare percentage of people that doesn't give two shits about molds. If anything, molds are fucking restrictive. Molds should be restrictive to you, to anybody. You know what I'm saying? It's says to you, listen, I remember when I was 19, I had a boyfriend, and he was just so fucking out there, uh, I don't know why I dealt with this shit, but it, it, it was like, he wanted me to fit a mold, and, uh, I have naturally curly hair, because I have, of, uh, Hispanic her heritage, and, uh, you know, he would tell me shit, like, why don't you straighten your hair? <laughs> because, like, his last girlfriend was Asian, and she has straight hair. And I'm like, not fucking Asian. You know, I don't got straight hair. You know, like, okay, fine. So, fitting into a mold. Uh, or, it's Valentine's Day. He buys me a box of chocolates. And, um, anybody who knows me, who, like, knows me, they know I fucking hate chocolate. <laughs> and here I have this boyfriend. at 19, 20? Maybe I was a little older. I was in my early 20s, I think. And, uh, yeah, he, yeah, you boy, you're my boyfriend, right? You should, we go out to eat, we hang out. You should fucking know I hate chocolate. Why are you buying me chocolate? Oh, it's Valentine's Day. Yeah, but I fucking hate chocolate. So, okay, you, you know, he wanted me to fit into a mold. Uh, and, and the best was when he bought me a t-shirt where, and I've always been a thick girl. Uh, when I was a weightlifter, I was a muscular, very muscular uh, girl. And, uh, you know, it worked out in the long run. It worked out in the long run because, uh, I'm not an obese whale now that I'm at my age that I am right now. And, uh, <laughs> you 
back then. Even back then. He gets me a t-shirt. I forgot for what occasion. Maybe it might have been for Valentine's Day. And the shirt was like extra small. <laughs> and it's like, hello, I'm your girlfriend. Do you not have an idea in your head like how big I am? Like never in my life. I'm a tiny girl compared to a lot of people. Never in my life have I wanted extra small. <laughs> they, don't ex- they don't make extra smalls for people like me. Um, yeah, but it was just weird. So it was about fitting into a mold. And, and this is this is what society does. Because like, you, you, you want to fit in. You want to be in. You don't want to be an outsider. But as far back as I can remember, I was a fucking outsider. And uh, so that personally doesn't apply to me. But yeah, for a majority of society. This is this is what this is what motivates them, uh, whether consciously or, or subconsciously, uh, and they modify their behavior to fit the mold of the inside group. Great, so the inside group, and even going to high school, you have the dynamics in the high school, and you know the it kids, and and and, and the athletes, and and the popular kids. It, the, the dynamics are pervasive throughout society. You can't really avoid it, or you know, the work setting, whatever the fuck, or or or, or in entertainment, you got the elites. Oh my God, they're the in crowd, you know. The Illuminati, it's just, it's just fucked up. But this is all about social engineering, man. We, we people, people freed their mind from this shit. They would live much, much happier lives. And uh, I don't want to go too crazy about this. I just want to get past this fucking article. This, this is what happens to me. I get excited and uh, I just go off on tangent. So let's get back to the article. So if atomized outsiders can be convinced that the, quote, insiders in society get vaccinated they are more likely to adopt conformative behavior as a result. Yes, and we see all those insiders on display right now uh, as they they launched this vaccination campaign two weeks ago, right? I think it was December 14th is when they started with the shots, and I still hear in the news that deploying, we're going to get 55,000 here and, you know, 100 million by this time next year. And they're showing all the, quote, insiders, the healthcare workers, the politicians. I, I haven't seen any celebrities get it yet, but I don't give a fuck. I don't follow them. But again, this is, this is they are more likely to adopt conformative behavior. People are if they see the insiders. Oh, hey, they're getting vaccinated. Oh, I should too. Duh. You can glimpse this strategy already at play in public campaigns to promote vaccination, considering the following graphic from the Healthy Newborn Network. And they have so much shit that they published. So this is the Healthy Newborn Network. And it's just a picture. World Immunization Week. And and that's the thing. Like, never before has there been so much fucking hoopla in the American media and press over a fucking vaccine. It's just so, like, it's just fucking ludicrous. But how is this not plainly, plainly obvious? You have a president who gave billions. No, is it billions? We're at the billion dollar mark yet? Or millions? For war- I think we're at the billions for warp speed operation and of course of course you know the whole the whole year has been about subduing you and keeping you in fear and then they're gonna dangle this carrot they're gonna dangle you they're gonna give you an hour of free yard time for your 23 hours of lockdown subservience they're gonna give you an hour out in the yard plebs but by by way of a shot though by way of a shot but you're gonna get thrown back in that cage and then they'll have a new version because that's part of the communist coercions, right? The, the, the changing of treatments. Uh, then they're going to have a new version. And it's just, you know, with, like I said, with every version of these fucking vaccines, they're going to unleash another apion, another destroyer. And just, you know, with, like I said, with every version of these fucking vaccines, 
they're gonna unleash another Abayan. Another destroyer. And <laughs> I personally, and I hate to see this, but because I'm a very special guinea pig, I have to say this. We're gonna see people dying in droves. Dying in droves. And they're gonna blame it on the coronavirus. And we know what's up with that because this shit happened. And I'm gonna read another article. Hopefully I can find it because I've clicked on so many articles today. But going back, he might mention it. This might be the article um, regarding the Ebola vaccination campaign. So let me just continue. Part of belonging to a social group is a protection of, or at least the performative mimicry of protection of vulnerable members of the group. And that's all you hear. Grandma, grandma, grandma. And let me tell you something. I had this conversation with somebody not too long ago, and they talk about all these people in these nursing homes and these old homes, and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're going to get killed because we're spreading the virus, and they have to be completely isolated and separated from the families because God forbid you bring it to them, the killer virus. Those people are in homes to die. Okay, that's the fucking blatant reality. Take it from somebody who's worked in many of those places. This is where people go to die. So the the fact that society can't quite grasp the idea that, yes, people do die in society and the likelihood of people dying in society is going to be exponentially higher in this particular group and uh, in these particular facilities and why is that well that's because this is where people go to die they go to these homes and there's just such a glut there's such a waiting period i I, you know it used to be where they used to keep these patients when i first started doing this shit 20 years ago they had these patients in these nursing homes and they would have them all on feeding tubes right not all of them but a lot of them who were like really really just unable to care for themselves they're basically in their beds Shitting in diapers with a tube feeding into their stomachs. Why? Why? They're not able to speak. They're not able to do anything. They just laid there and moaned. Some of these patients in this facility. And it's not my place to tell people what to do with their families and this, this, and that. But as a 19-year-old, 20-year-old, you start off your career and your life and this is what you see. You walk into a room and this is what you see. And it's, it's fucking endless. This, the different scenarios that you see are at the time. And it's like, really? What is the quality of life here? What is the purpose here? This person's obviously, they don't have their consciousness to express what they're feeling, but they're obviously in pain. You could hear them. You could hear them moaning and crying. They can't talk to you, but they're hooked up to these machines, shitting and being fed. And your job is to go in there to take care of these little vegetables at the end of their life. It's terrible. It was terrible. And uh, this is going on for decades. There's no shortage of patients who need facilities like this because the explosion of the elderly populace, and this is not only in this country, but also we have in Japan. End of life. It's an explosion. So Fast forward 20 years, and the emphasis is no longer on keeping these people hooked up to tubes endlessly in these facilities so they can live another two or three years of their lives. Now it's hospice. The name of the game is hospice. Uh, Revolving door. We don't want these people, like back in the day, these people would be hooked up for years just like this, existing like this. And again, it's not my place to say, but I'll be damned if that's how I live my last days. If I have any way, shape, or power, that will not 
be how shit ends for me. I will fucking go down in flames before that ever happens to me. And, uh, like I said, now is, now is the era of the open door and uh, revolving door because there's no shortage of elderly people who are end stage and at the end of their life. And people don't understand that. But yet, they're manipulated into thinking that all of this shit that we're going through right now is somehow protecting that population. When that population is, is being exploited by the medical in- industry, by the way. You know, people who don't have to be put on hospice, but because they have neurodegenerative disorders or Parkinson's or Alzheimer's or dementia, or certain types, they're, t- oh, you know, they're hospice now. They can't feed themselves, but we're not gonna, they're not gonna put them on tubes anymore if they can't feed themselves. They just let them starve to death. Or, or they deploy <clears throat> certain campaigns uh, during certain times of the year. And then, oh, wow, flu season uh, hit this particular facility very hard. It's, it's a cyclical thing. So, so that, and, and that's what people don't understand, but they are manipulating the public into thinking that, like I said, all of these actions are for the purpose of protecting that vulnerable group. No fucking way. That group is being exploited, and, and so is everybody who believes that narrative. So let's get back to the article. We instinctively recognize and value this behavior in other members of the in-group, right? Because the, the, the other members of the in-group being like the healthcare providers and, and the leaders, they're the in-group trying to protect those, those elderly people from your asymptomatic, asymptomatic transmission, you killer. Um, so people instinctively recognize the value and behavior of the healthcare workers trying so desperately to save the elderly and everybody else in the process. And in turn, they are held together. They are held in a higher collective esteem. In this way, group members who exhibit concern for the welfare of others gain standing and secure their position in the group. Well, who were those group members? Obviously, again, the healthcare workers. What happens they are held in higher collective esteem. They gain standing and secure their position in the group. But what did they do? At least here. I don't know if this was a, a, a countrywide. But statewide at 7 p.m. Or at least in New York City. They were... 7 p.m. Pots and pans. It was... And, and then they keep, you know, lighting up the Empire State Building and blah, blah. And, uh, you know, this is... This is the way that people were building that uh, the healthcare workers up, right? This is this is these are the these 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 are our healthcare workers. These are our heroes. So um, that's how that seven p.m. Uh, not so much rule, but that encouragement to make all sorts of noise at seven p.m. basically reinforces this. Uh, again, the social engineers recognize this group dynamic and. Pl- Play on it to promote compliance with the COVID-19 public health measures. Consider this PSA from the Texas Medical Association. Ah, here we go. Like I was just saying, not all heroes wear capes, but they do wear masks. Be a hashtag mask hero. By obvious insinuation, if you don't comply with public health measures such as vaccinations to contain the spread of COVID-19, then you do not love and care for the elderly and other vulnerable populations. This is right from the messaging the vaccine. Uh, Check that podcast out. That is definitely 
uh, one of the messages. Um, and if you don't care for the elderly or other vulnerable populations, right? If I don't get a vaccine, if I don't want to mask up and shut my business and fucking live uh, under communist rule, well, I guess, you know, I don't really care. I don't, you don't really love and care for the el- elderly and other vo- vulnerable populations. This is this is what they're telling people who don't want to deal with this. And not only that, we're thus ripe to be excised from the social group. And I'm okay with that. Because as far as I'm concerned, the social group was a bunch of herded fucking sheep. In this way, in exercising your inborn right to make your own medical choices, you risk becoming a pariah. It's true. It's fucking, it's just twisted. When the vaccine is marked as a pitch to end the pandemic once and for all and save millions of lives, the screws will turn even tighter. The pressure to vaccinate will further intensify, yes, and those who do not wish to comply will be forced to make hard decisions about how committed they are to exercising their right. Yes, I've discussed this. At which point we may arrive at another related tactic the social engineers are sure to use, fear installation. Yes, that's definitely one of the uh, many messages that the National Institutes of Health uh, released on us. Fear installation, simple yet effective. It goes something like if, quote, if you don't get the vaccine, X millions of innocent lives will be lost. Lost. That's an if-then prop- proposition. And uh, that's uh, in logic we learned, well, I learned when I was in school, if-then propositions. That was actually one of my favorite subjects in math. I learned logic in math. And uh, when you have an if-then proposition, there's not really much room uh, for no- navigation there. They're basically A implies B. And, and then that's game over that's it so this is how they're presenting it to people if you don't get the vaccine x millions of innocent lives will be lost like you're directly responsible and and you can't let people gaslight you do that to you like this is what they do this is what happened this happened in everyday life man if you don't do this well then this will happen like who the fuck are you to tell me that like who are you like really like an if then proposition like i'll be damned if somebody ever gives me an if then proposition because i'm just that type of person you're like you know what if you don't get in my, get out of my face, well, then you need to go fuck yourself. Like, those are my if-then propositions. Um, you who refuse to vaccinate, in turn, would be responsible for those deaths. No one, save a psychopath, wants to be a murderer or widely regarded by members of the in-group as one. If emotional appeals fail, the social engineers will be forced to move on to physically alienating and ultimately excising the prob- problematic outgroup members from society. The federal government and its corporate partners will set the agenda from on high to be filtered down to smaller sectors of the economy and lower levels of government. International and interstate flights, which are governed by the federal government, will require COVID-19 quote immunity passports from travelers to board flights. The military will require vaccinations for new recruits. They always do. That's nothing new. The largest Businesses with the closest ties to the federal government will likely be the first to make COVID-19 vaccination a standard prerequisite for employment. So out here in the Northeast, that would be the Northwell Health System. Uh, the uh, I believe that's one of the largest employers employers where I live. And uh, that's the healthcare. They're, they're hitting the healthcare workers. This is why I don't work in facilities anymore. Because these motherfuckers, on top of like getting my blood, sweat, and tears and paying me a pittance for all of the fucking horrible horrible things that i i saw and uh the occupational hazards and the fucking deadly shit that i was exposed to and the abuse 
Um, yeah, and, and then on top of that, they're going to turn around and tell you that, you yeah, you got to take this fucking vaccine. And this is even before COVID-19 vaccine came out. We got all these like, hepatitis A, hepatitis B, uh, all this shit now that they give to kids out of the womb. But when I was a young healthcare worker starting out, I didn't have these fucking vaccinations. So they told me, you got to eat this, this, and this. Had I known better, had I known better, and this is, a, this is an ongoing theme in my podcast, I would have never fucking done it. I would have never sacrificed as much to be a fucking healthcare worker for nearly 20 years. Fuck that shit. Seriously. If I had the chance to do it again, I would be number one, criminal. Number two, uh, with all my criminal activities, I would fucking probably just trade. I'd probably just trade and I would live a very, uh, a, a much leaner life and uh, definitely not try to ever set roots anywhere. If I had a chance to do it all again, but and I, and I don't and I don't want that chance, you know, just uh, for the celestial beings that happen to hear me speak. I don't I don't want another round. I think I feel like this round is is enough, you know, whatever penance I'm paying for. Like I feel personally in my life that I I, I must have pissed a lot of people off in my previous lives. Like I must have shit all over people's cornflakes in my previous life to have to go through what the fuck I've been gone gone through in this life. But that's all right. That's all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it straight this time because I'm not trying to come back here. Neither should you. All right. So, in short, while vaccination at gunpoint will remain unconstitutional, the effort will be instead to make economic survival impossible for those who refuse to vaccinate themselves or their family. Uh, even though it's unconstitutional, the was it the Ec- economic opportunity employment committee? They're the ones who handle discrimination. Uh, uh, employer discrimination for sex or all, all sorts of shit. Like, if you feel like you've been discriminated against in the workplace, you, you, you call up the EEOC. You file a report with the EEOC. And even they turned around and said, oh, yeah, well, no, it's fine. Employers can mandate vaccinations. No problem. So, I mean, if the EEOC is saying it's okay, then, like, that's just basically giving the green light for a lot of employers to basically fuck with people and not give them options. So the effort to make economic survival impossible um, is has is underway, you know, uh, for people and their families. Apart from being a social pariah, being cut off access from access to much needed resources and institutions will make living normal life virtually impossible. Well, they said it's the new normal. There's no more normal. We're not going back to normal. That shit is not happening. The regime change is here, and uh, and that and that is that. Everything that we thought we knew prior to Corona. Yeah, that's never coming back. Never coming back. I'm sorry to break it to you, but if you're listening to me, you've known this is coming. And uh, you know what? We're going to get this shit. We're going to get through this shit together. State and local governments will not be immune from these tactics if local jurisdictions refuse to implement complementary regulatory regimes related to COVID-19. Yes, state and local governments will not be immune to these tactics. Absolutely not. Um... If local jurisdictions refuse to implement complementary regulatory regimes related to COVID-19, they will be coerced from on high with threats of withholding federal funding, if need be, to comply. This will mean that jurisdiction by jurisdiction and measure by measure and pressure to comply will compound. Unvaccinated children will be unable to attend public school. No loss there for them. Public meetings will be closed off to unvaccinated community members. Hmm. Sports and public concert venues. This is where they're just getting crazy. Yeah, you're not allowed to the public council meeting. Get the fuck out of here. You know, people, I'm telling you, you need to wake up. 
Sports and concert venues will be forced to require proof of vaccine to attend out of fear of legal liability. Give me a fucking break. Accesses, access to public resource at the local level as well as the federal level will be cut off for the unvaccinated. Think about that. Public resources will be cut off. I mean, this is, this is his hypothetical. Thus, the psychological screws are tightened further. With no access to participation in the economy or society, how many American fam- how many American families will be able to resist no matter how steadfast their opposition to an unproven COVID-19 vaccine may- might be? As a society, we have arrived at a determinative crossroads for the future prospects of personal liberty. What path leads to the maintenance of a quasi-free society where the individual retains some degree of medical autonomy and the other leads to a dystopian new norm. Yeah, we're definitely at a fucking crossroads. The domination of public health decision taken by a small group of largely unelected and unaccountable social engineers. And, and I'm going to read that again because I, I kind of I, I brutalized this paragraph. As a society, we have arrived at a determinative crossroads for the future's future prospects of personal liberty. One path leads to the maintenance of a quasi-free society where the individual retains some degree of medical autonomy, and the other leads to a dystopian new norm. The domination of public health decision-making by a small group of largely unelected and unaccountable social engineers. Um... And that's basically the end of this article. It's a little, a little long. I apologize ahead of time. Uh, 37 minutes. I didn't mean for it to be that long. But I guess he's not really saying anything. I wanted to read it because the headline, how social engineers use weaponized psychology to prove, to push unproven vaccines. I personally feel that the via, Viable Opposition article, it's via, Viable Opposition blog spot, uh, is, is, is better written. I don't read these articles before I hit the record button so sometimes something sounds really cool and I'm like all right yeah I I definitely want to share this I definitely want to read this and then as I'm reading reading this I'm like I already said this in a previous podcast so uh (laughs) I apologize but um yeah I mean again ultimately we have to we have to try to retain our choices and um I don't know just don't don't fucking give in don't give in to the bullshit open your eyes if anybody is listening to me for the first time Thank you. Welcome. I appreciate your time. If you made it to the end, uh, look, at you're not getting your life back. We're not getting our lives back. And so don't even fall for that coercion or, or whatever with the vaccines. We try to understand that maybe if you have a job now, you may not have one six months not right now, uh, six months from now. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. So it's just best to prepare. And that's living life. I guess, you know, for me, living life as a tra- trauma survivor uh, I was always prepared. I was always expecting the unexpected because you just don't know what, when they say the, the term is the shoe, the other shoe to drop or whatever the fuck it is that they, they, they term it as. And that's basically what they're turning us into is a bunch of trauma survivors and, 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 and you know, prisoners. And when you don't know what to expect from one day to the next, so it's it's very frightening for a lot of people. But at the end of the day, you have to plan for that unexpected change. And we have to plan for these changes that they're trying to institute. And uh, by anticipating these moves, they're, they're pretty blatantly obvious at this point. Uh, we're going to have to anticipate these moves so that we're in the right positions 
when this shit comes to pass. Because remember, the small businesses are were the major employers of the U.S. They crushed the small businesses. Now they're going to crush people's choices in terms of employment. And when you have these larger, 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 larger corporations stepping in, well, guess what? Now they're the ones who could say, well, everybody needs a vaccine. You know what? Take your fucking vaccine and shove it up your ass.